plates ready? This is Food School, Smarter, Stronger, Leaner podcast. Want to feel amazing? Love the way you look in the mirror and perform your absolute best in the gym, at work, and in bed. Well, in life, you're definitely in the right place. Food, it's you. It builds every single cell of you. And if there is one thing every human being must master, it's food. Because at the very least, eating, you do it every day, several times a day, every single day. You might as well get good at it. I'm your host, Angela Sharina from Create Yourself Dead Today, your personal nutritionist and plate watcher, your diet guide and explorer, your fat loss coach and food inspector, and just someone with a lot, a lot of passion and obsession and curiosity for healthy food, healthy diets, nutrition, optimized human performance, everything and absolutely anything you put in your grocery shopping cart, your fridge, on your plate, and in your mouth. It's my business. Food School, on a mission to help you eat better daily. It's the last time I talk about food. It's the last time I talk about food. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Food School Smarter, Stronger, Leaner podcast. How did you like the book episode yesterday and learning all about skinny foods or foods that activate our skinny, strong, healthy, fit genes, foods that produce effects similar to exercise and limiting our food intake, uh, similar to fasting without the actual pain of exercising or fasting. Um, so how did you like it? Did you start to implement or planning to implement more seared foods in your diet? Uh, are you implementing at least five of those foods every day? Yesterday, I ate 11 of those foods and they were in, in each of my meals. And as I'm getting ready to for a fitness bikini competition in almost 10 weeks right now, that's definitely, um, you know, helpful um, because I don't necessarily want to start myself or feel worse to get ready for stage. So if I can eat more delicious, healthy foods and get leaner, easier and faster, why not, right? So I'm using it definitely every day till the last day of my competition. So do it. If you haven't listened to this episode, check back to the last episode that was yesterday about seared food diet, uh, diet of foods, of plant foods that help you to activate your strong feet and healthy genes and also help you to live longer. Today is Thursday and each Thursday of this year on Food School Podcast is going to be dedicated to food stories. Uh, and those stories are going to be about different foods, like, for example, coffee, decaf coffee. Why uh, is it decaf? How is it made? Where is it made? Why a lot of times decaf is uh, not as tasty as regular caffeinated uh, coffee? Um, why it might be more expensive or why it is not as widely available? Um, 
And is it good, as good for you as regular coffee, or is it better for you for health? But not only that, we also will talk um, with some founders of the products of foods that you like, of popular foods, how they made, why are they made that way. Uh, and we will also talk about particular foods that have really amazing effect. Like yesterday, we talked about foods that help us to be healthier and fitter. So there are tons of foods that have specific application and help you to improve some aspect of your health, of your fitness, help you to um, be a leaner, to lose fat, to lose weight. Um, you know, a lot of us guys, uh, a lot of you listening to this podcast, probably taking some supplements, uh, some multivitamin, maybe omega-3 fatty acids, uh, maybe um, some turmeric or uh, cherry extract, a lot of different things, and you probably haven't thought much about it, but most of modern medicine, I mean, most of the supplements, the most effective supplements, the more effective they are, the, the closer they are usually to natural compounds uh, uh, occurring and found first and foremost in whole foods. Uh, a lot of whole foods actually have better effect than even supplements, because the thing is, food whole foods, they go, they come in a whole package. And a lot of times the active ingredients, like for example, turmeric uh, in turmeric root, right? Um, a lot of times in whole package, different vitamins, minerals absorbed and utilized and produce bad effect uh, on the body than if we were to separate them in um, supplements. And even though supplements are easy and more convenient to take, a lot of times, again, whole foods are more effective. And it's like, you know, your body. Uh, if you take out your heart or your liver or, or your leg or your hand without the whole body, they're not going to perform anything uh, significant or anything cool, right? But when you put all this package together, our body, all of our organs and systems together, that's where you really get the robust uh, mechanism, the robust organism when everything functions together. So in food, it's not different, really. It's no different, really. Most of the time, the best effects you get when you get the freshest, the best quality of whole food, when nothing is removed, nothing is added, and you eat it as fresh as possible, of the best quality possible at the highest level of its ripeness. ripeness. So I'm more and more fascinated by whole foods, not uh, any particular supplement or extract that that is in the best case scenario half as good as the whole package and more and more research are coming out uh is coming out right now confirming that for example even such simple thing, thing as vitamin c is uh up to 200 300 better absorbed from whole foods than it is from peel form in a peel form so just a thing to think about and then also i really want to start a conversation uh, about how our food is produced and why it's produced that way and uh you know just an example I really love healthy chocolate. You know, I even started, um, tried to start my own healthy chocolate company. And before that, I would always wonder, like, there are so many cool uh, sugar substitutes, you know, different sweeteners. Uh, why don't 
uh, you know, more companies do a healthy kind of chocolate. Uh, from my perspective, it was as simple as instead of sugar, putting, putting in that chocolate, let's say stevia, or instead of regular milk, put, uh, let's say, coconut milk, right, to make it vegan and make it better for health and uh, less allergy-causing than regular milk chocolate. Uh, but then I started actually making the chocolate, and I understood how complex that whole process is, and how different molecular structure of different sugars, for example, crystal structure of regular sugar, uh, and then different molecular structure uh and the ability to dissolve and hold the shape, the form at different temperature of, for example, sweeteners or sugar alcohols. I, I finally understood why chocolate is produced that way and has been produced for like hundreds of years now. Be, well, first of all, of course, the equipment, you know, every single ingredient uh, changes the whole process and that requires different equipment, different processes. And if you're a big company and you have a well set up process that saves you money, that saves you time, that keeps you in business, basically, then of course you, you're you not going to want to change it for like stevia unless you really, really have to, or unless you decided to make the whole separate and additional line of different chocolate. The same with milk, you know, different proteins, different molecular structure, different fat content from uh, coconut milk, let's say, different... Um, different ability to hold structure and its qualities at different temperatures, again, compared, for example, to coconut milk. That all changes the whole process, uh, how shelf-stable the chocolate is, uh, how the, the taste of other ingredients and how well they mix together, how well it makes the whole chocolate bar looks. You know, there are so many details. So there is no conspiracy of brands not to make healthy chocolate. They would make it if it was that easy. But the fact is, it's not that easy. And there are a lot of costs involved, in, especially if you're a big company with a chain of suppliers and um, manufacturer facilities. Uh, the same goes for a lot of foods and uh, a lot of foods that has sugar or maybe has some preservatives that we know are not good for us. It's not that food producers uh, want everyone to be sick and they know that it is better and they don't want to change because... They just don't care. No. Well, first, a lot of people who are in, in food business, they're not that versed in nutrition. They're not all nutritionists, as you might think. Uh, I would love that to be the true statement that all our food uh, producers, food manufacturers had uh, some nutrition department. But the thing is, most of them don't. And uh, most of food company CEO, CEOs uh, or uh, people who own those companies, they're not into nutrition. They're into business. For them, food, just like any other th other business, is just business. I think it's wrong because food affects our health as a society, but they have different perspective. And again, and they also believe that, uh, for example, sugar might not be as bad for you. You know, it's okay in moderation and you should be personally responsible for what you put in your mouth. A lot of they believe that and they don't think that they do a lot of harm by producing certain foods and that's why they keep producing them because nobody keeps them uncountable or because maybe personally it's not that important to them. That's why they keep 
doing the things the way they always were because it's cheaper, it's more profitable, and they don't have strong enough conviction that they should be changing, that they really influence anything when it comes to um, society, health, obesity epidemic, or degenerative disease epidemic. So just understand that, that in most cases, there is no conspiracy. It's just more convenient, easier, more profitable. That's sad. Again, I'm not saying it's right, but that's how things are. Um, and when you really go into business itself and you really understand how certain foods and products are produced, that's when you start to understand that, yeah, that makes sense. And maybe if I were in that position, I would do exact same thing. So all these episodes uh, every Thursday on Food School Podcast going to be about that, uh, talking to people in food industry uh, about their views on current uh, a reality of our food production, our food supply, and why they do certain things the way they do. Um, and then, as I said, we're going to talk about such fascinating things. Like for me, it was fascinating, for example, to learn that decaf coffee usually is not that uh, widely available. First, uh, most people buy coffee for caffeine because that's the thing that makes you sharper, that makes you more awake, that changes your mood, that improves your uh, performance. And the, the, all those benefits are proven. Um, yeah, decaf also has a lot of antioxidants. And when it comes to mineral and nutrient content, it's very similar to regular coffee. But again, Again, most people buy coffee for caffeine, and it's not that widely, widely, um, uh, and it's not that popular among people. That's why you see less of decaf coffee. Also, there are not so many facilities in the world, probably like two or three um, big facilities that make decaf coffee decaf. Uh, there are actually also two processes to make decaf coffee decaffeinated. Uh, they take the beans, uh, they put them in usually chemical solvent that makes the caffeine, uh, where the caffeine is removed from the beans. It's kind of like that, uh, that particular solvent attracts the caffeine from beans before they were roasted, uh, and most of the caffeine is extracted that way. Also, they use um, CO2 to, to extract the caffeine that is more health-friendly because that solvent uh, that they usually use, that chemical for decaffeinated coffee, is usually some of it stays in coffee. And there are not so many studies uh, done on small amounts of that uh, chemical if you consume that decaffeinated coffee regular, like what kind of health consequences it might have. You know, studies are expensive, so they don't do much of them, but people are not dying, so they're not doing them. And again, decaf coffee is not that popular. That's why there are not many studies on what goes into decaf coffee and what kind of health consequences it can have. Anyway, there are not so many facilities that make decaf coffee because, again, it's not that popular. It's more expensive to make decaf coffee than regular coffee. When it comes to taste, because it's not that popular and because you cannot uh, store decaf coffee as well as you would uh, caffeinated coffee, uh, usually producers do not put a lot of work in decaf line of their coffee. They usually do not use the best beans, so decaf coffee usually tastes worse, not because of um, some uh, 
taste difference because it was decaffeinated, but it tastes worse usually because the producer uses cheaper beans because uh, they don't want to invest into something that doesn't bring a lot of profit and actually more expensive to make. So uh, if you were, were wondering, like I do sometimes, why decaf coffee is not everywhere and uh, why a lot of times it doesn't taste as good, because I love my coffee uh, and uh, sometimes I want to drink it later in the day, but because I care about the quality of my sleep, I do not always, uh, I mean, I can't really drink caffeinated coffee, but there is not so much decaf of good quality available, so I kind of like suck it up and don't drink any coffee. <laughs> but anyway, it's just fascinating for me. When you know, you start to understand, aha, that's why things are happening, and that makes sense. And again, a lot of stories that you're going to hear every Thursday on Food School Podcast, a lot of food stories going to give you that aha moment when you're like, ah, that's why they make it that way, not the way I want <laughs> or other healthy people, healthy eating people want because actually uh, it's cheaper, it's more efficient and because there is not so much study and because in that food company, nobody really knows what I know or you know, uh, a lot of fascinating stuff are coming. So guys, drink decaf coffee if you love your coffee uh, after 3 p.m. or I would even suggest 12 p.m. if you are like me, a slow metabolizer of coffee, otherwise it can affect your sleep. Um, uh, decaf coffee has almost the same amount of antioxidants and, all the, and other nutrients as regular coffee does, except it doesn't have that mood lifting properties. Of course, it doesn't um, make you as alert and as focused. Also, you want to know that decaf coffee is not completely decaf, probably Three percent of caffeine, uh, you know, zero to three percent of caffeine is still left in the cup of coffee. So I probably wouldn't drink it right before bed, uh, but you definitely can drink it later in the day than regular coffee. Um, and um, yeah, that's about it. Uh, so if you love your coffee and it makes you jittery because of all the caffeine, that you might consider decaf because it's just as healthy and major source of antioxidants uh, as regular coffee is. So guys, also, I have a request for you. Uh, if there is a food product, a food brand, um, some food mystery that you don't understand, please uh, give me a hand, send me that food mystery, food question, or um, maybe curiosity about food brand or food product. Send it to Angela at Create Yourself That Today, and I'm going to get those people who can resolve that mystery, who can tell us those food stories that you are curious about and I'm curious about. I'm going to get those people uh, on the phone or on Skype, on video, and I'm going to interview them, and we're going to learn more about our food supply, uh, and that will help all of us to understand why things are the way they are and why our food supply is not exactly, oh, doesn't exactly work the best way and doesn't exactly make us the healthiest, the fittest, <laughs> the best performing selves, and why it's such a struggle for us to eat healthy still in modern society. So, 
help me please uh, send me your questions, your curiosities about food, food brands, food products, uh, and let's resolve those mysteries together. Let's become our own, our own small team of food detectives. Okay, guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for staying with me. Stay tuned tomorrow for our Fat Loss Friday episode. That's going to be the subject of every Friday, Fat Loss. So stay tuned tomorrow. And as usual, till next time, eat better daily.